0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host Doug Coleman and I'm here today with a returning guest and friend of the show. We have Matt Owen from the Super Gamecast 64 podcast. It's the first episode of 2020. Uh, I think we're starting a tradition here. This is the second year in a row I've done a solo episode with you. How are you doing, Matt?
1: Hey, I'm doing so good, Doug. I'm feeling the love of 2020. We took 2019. <laughs> we threw it in the dumpster where it belongs for the most part. And I'm ready to start a new year. New year, new me, except new me is basically old me but sleepier. That's yeah. what I've been saying.
0: Oh, man. I, I'm so hypocritical. In previous years, I try to do New Year's resolutions, and I always fail. But this time, it's different. I'm going to try a little bit harder. Um, I don't know. How about you?
1: My new year's resolution is just to not have people wake me up when I'm trying to sleep. Damn it, stop it. Oh, that's my resolution is for other people to respect my sleep. That's going to say. That's a hard
0: <laughs> resolution to keep up with.
1: I just try to be better. You know, like I, I, at the end of the year or at the beginning of a new year, often with what I do for work, which is review games and movies and write about them, I have to look back on the past year as it is. And as I'm looking at the calendar year and remembering, oh, I played this, I did that. I also try to think of like, you know, how I was doing mentally and how I was handling my social relationships at the time. And just year after year, I try to make a mental note to just be better about things, you know, maybe be more respectful about people, uh, you know, make sure to save more money, this and that. But I don't ever set any huge goals. Because for me, if I set a large goal, I just get anxious about it and never do it. So. Right.
0: Oh, man, the dread of not completing it. Um, yeah. I know what you mean.
1: You know that dread that you get when you're like, oh, I have to call the doctor's office and make an appointment? Yeah, like <laughs> that times 50 when it's like, I got to lose 20 pounds or oh, know, I God. quit smoking cigarettes. Like, fuck, no. Right. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of year in review, though, Doug...
0: Right? Yeah, absolutely. What a hell of a segue. We do plan on doing a 2019 best of games kind of discussion this episode. Yeah. I wanted to mention, though, as far as like the beginning of 2019 or 2020, yes. the, where I'm like already losing track of which year it is. Everyone um,
1: does that. Dude. Everyone <laughs> does that. Even even in my you, you pointed out in my best uh, games of 2018 article last or two years ago, I said 2019 like 18 <laughs> times when I meant 2018. I'm yep. pretty sure. it's gonna be this, Yeah, no, you're, you're all right.
0: Um, But I did want to mention how my year... Uh, got started off. It was off on the wrong foot, but also Rough. it got a little bit better. But no, it's it's a weird story about my cat. Uh, listeners know in recent years I adopted two cats. Uh, one of them's named Reggie. The other is Sophia. Uh, Reggie! Reggie! My buddy
1: had a cat named Reggie and it was the best cat ever. Dude,
0: Reggie is the best cat ever, but he did something that I was upset with on New Year's Day. It's Damn like it, 7 in the morning. Um, I might be a little hungover and I hear him running around the house like a madman. And I mean, typically that's not... Any anything unexpected from him like he likes to play and he's a one-year-old cat so he's very young and just rambunctious yeah but this sounded way more intense than anything i've ever heard before so i was wondering like did he see a mouse and it spooked him
1: that's the first thing i was thinking exactly killing something
0: that's what I was uh, under the assumption of. I'm like, that or his sister scared him. Well, well, then I wake up. I'm like, all right, I got to go investigate. And I walk out into like a nightmare. It was just shit all over my house. And I was like... Literal I, shit? Literal or, like, shit. Stuff. And that's the uh, thing. I was thinking to myself, maybe that would be a, a, expected with a dog. But like cats are pretty good with their litter boxes and stuff. Yes. But it was just so strange. Because yeah, the, he must have got uh, spooked while he was taking a dump. And then brought that dump with him all throughout the house. And yeah, my... my wife now oh my god i almost called her my fiance, fiance. i'm all sorts of fucked up uh okay. my wife and i uh we deep cleaned the house and that was a really good way to start off 29 or 2020 oh my god well uh, hey
1: i mean <laughs> silver lining dude most people don't get to their uh house cleaning until spring spring so you guys are just like three months ahead of time that's
0: what i mean it was all thanks to reg but also dude what the hell was that i right? I, I still am curious what actually had that happen but i think it was a mouse
1: you know, when other people like on Facebook, like they get baby fever cause you're seeing all these cute pictures of babies and stuff. I, I recently moved, uh, and my roommate has a cat and it's an older cat and very cute cat. And I like cats and growing up in my parents' house, uh, I could never have like a furry animal because there was allergies in some of the family members. Um, so I've been like like low-key, really wanting to get a kitten. Ooh. But they, But you know like those 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 posts you see on Facebook where it's like a kid covered in shit and like vomit, and they're like, <laughs> here's curbing your baby fever. Like that is your story just curbing yep. my kitten <laughs> fever. Not not a lot. But enough that yeah, I might don't not get one until the summer. Deter
0: you. This is the only episode we've had with him where it was something strange like that. Typically, uh, cats are really good.
1: I just I want a little kitten and I can like put it in my hoodie pocket and he can like hang out with me. It'd be so cute. It is and- great. It's like
0: having a little Pokemon. I mean, we Look. raised Reg from a kitten. Although Sophia's is an older female, she's mm-hmm. awesome. But the benefit of raising a cat from kittenhood is just like you get to this special bond. Like he he lets me hold him and kiss him and stuff. Where like most cats are very just like stand. Off-ish. Yep. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. But also, if you're in the market for a cat, don't be hell-bent on getting a kitten because there's plenty of older cats that need adoption, too.
1: Oh, that's a thing, too. Yeah, I might adopt. I I, I, I barely make enough money to feed myself, <laughs> let alone a fucking animal. So I, I, I'm just... I'm just wishing well at this point that 2020 new start of the year I'm like new start maybe I'll get a cat no probably not
0: there you uh, go I'm rooting for you and I hope you do but this is a video game podcast for anyone yes. who happens to be new I feel like it's not about cats shitting all over the house um, yes,
1: sometimes it can be
0: it is today uh, yeah, but that's the thing 2019 was a spectacular year for video games and honestly Great. just recent years in memory have been phenomenal but 2019 mm-hmm. really hit the nail on the head uh, where do we want to start uh, is there anything sticking out to you do we want to just go with uh our our favorites or do you want to go through like a list what what did you have here's, in mind?
1: here's what i think we should do for both the listener and for us uh so we can like bounce back and forth i think you said you had like a top three maybe a top five sort of thing prepared you had a handful of games you wanted to talk about whether you played them or hadn't played them yeah um i i similarly have like three or four how about we just bounce back you know one off to the other talking about them and see how long that takes us also I think we should note at the top, no spoilers,
0: right? Yes. Good call.
1: Yeah, no spoilers. Uh, if there is a, a potential of like a light spoiler, I'll definitely say something and give you like 10 seconds to skip ahead, but we'll pretty much avoid all spoilers because a lot of these games, people don't have time for 50-hour games. You exactly.
0: Know? There's so many on this list that I wish I would have gotten around to.
1: To that point, uh, small plug for my podcast within the first 10 minutes. Sorry, Doug. Oh, feel <laughs> <laughs> free. Uh, I uh, My podcast, Super Gamecast 64, which you can find the same place you find Almost Better Than Silence. Um, we do uh, throughout January and into February we do a best of the year review but it's far more in depth we usually have like four or five episodes and one episode is specifically about the best narrative and the best overall game of the year and then we do a whole section we call super spoiler cast so if Ooh. you're one of those people who like oh I'm interested in what these games are about but I really don't want to play through all of them I want to know the uh, water cooler moment so to speak we do that we have like the best gaming moments from 2019 and stuff so I don't know when gonna be hearing this, but maybe the first or second episode of our best of twenty nineteen awards uh is out. If you want to check that out once again, just type in super space game cast. That's one word, space 64 on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, and you'll find it. And that'd be awesome if you come and join us.
0: Yeah, go listen to it. It sounds like a really Thank good you. uh podcast. I've listened to your show plenty of times, but that's really cool how you guys go in depth and do some real coverage. I feel like our show's a lot more loose
1: it's, it's, it's fun on paper. And then when you (laughs) sit down and I'm not kidding guys last year, I think it was like seven to eight hours of content. Like it's, on both this show and Super Gamecast sixty four, we try to we try to cut a nice balance between content and comedy because some people don't care about every game and some people don't care about childish jokes or cat shitting. But sometimes True. when you get to that best of the year, it's just talking about games for hours upon hours upon hours. And some people like that, some people don't. And I feel like a lot of my episodes that get listened to uh just randomly, you know, people jumping into my show are the best of the year. Uh, oh, things. totally. And also, um, we start a new season. We do our episode or our podcast in seasons. So once the best of 2019 content is over, uh, season six will start in the spring and it's a great place to jump into the show. So now that I've plugged my show for like. You know, two minutes.
0: It's fair. No, sixth (laughs) season, that's something to be proud of. That's incredible. Um, And I I guess I'll do a mini plug. It's my sixth compilation for my record label. I know we started the episode off saying 2019 with a dumpster fire. It's true. I feel like the artwork for this compilation is a burning phoenix. It's basically the whole symbolism of... Kill the past. Yeah, kill the past, and we're starting fresh. And I really mean it. I'm going to try to keep up with my resolutions. But enough of that. Real quick, Doug,
1: I just want to just because you, you said that the 2019 was a dumpster fire, but also like any good dumpster, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And sometimes there's just objective treasure in that dumpster. And if 2019 was a dumpster, one of the objective pieces of treasure was your your label. I mean, honestly, oh, thank you. <laughs> like your label missed out records. Boys and girls go to Instagram, go to any place. Just Google it. I don't know. What's the best place?
0: Definitely, I think Instagram's the place to go, Instagram.com slash records, but we also have just MissedOutRecords.com. We did take off in 2019 a lot of releases, a lot of really cool bands. Just this- the,
1: arts, the art, the on, art on, on the cassettes and the releases is so good. It's so much different diversity in music, once again, this is a this is a video game podcast, but like bro I, I like someone has to tell you how good Doug's thing is. It's because Doug is too humble to admit to himself that he like single handedly started this badass fucking record label. And Thank you. So, so so like golf clap. I appreciate that. But video games. Yeah, what's the first game you want to bring up?
0: The first one that comes to mind for me specifically is probably my favorite of 2019, which I know it it comes with a heavy bias, but it is Kingdom Hearts 3 for me. Uh, I'm just such a Kingdom Hearts nerd. I waited my whole life for this, technically. Not really, but like a third of my life. You waited at least a decade. Yeah, it was... uh, I feel like a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans walked away from that saying they were disappointed and I was in like the minority of being like it held up. And I think in all reality, I need to revisit it. Cause I did, uh, Over Christmas break, uh, pre order the DLC.
1: I was going to say, you have the chance to jump into uh, Remind. Funny sidebar, I typed into my Google uh, Kingdom Hearts Remind to try and find out when the DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. And Google was like, Do you want me to set you a a reminder about Kingdom Hearts 3? So I have no clue uh, when (laughs) it actually comes Yeah, (laughs) It comes
0: (laughs) out, I believe, the 23rd of January. So that's on very soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Very much so, but th- again, I'm going into that blind. I know some people are like saying the trailer has a lot of information, but I just would rather just oh, experience I was say it all by shit. myself.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Did you feel did you feel what was your favorite world? Would you say I have a favorite world from Kingdom Ooh, Hearts Three? Uh, I mean, light well, what's spoilers. Uh So lights, sp- but this has been in another Kingdom Hearts game, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is interesting because as a as a movie franchise I've only ever seen the first pirates of the caribbean film and a few others uh like like little pieces and parts there um so I wasn't expecting it to be my favorite kingdom hearts 3 world but just the way they did it and the combat and the kind of level design it was really really cool and I liked it quite a bit how about yeah, you
0: i I'm torn. I'm not really sure which my favorite is. I did like the Toy Story area. Like, that was sick. That was pretty cool. Or which one was it that allowed you to jump in the mechs? Was that Toy Story or was the, the Toy Big Story Hero 6? Okay, that was Toy Story. Yeah. Toy
1: Story World started off like a faux sci-fi action video game trailer. And it was just like anime kids running around. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: You go in the Toy Story, uh, the Toy Store in the Toy Story level. And oh, man, that stuff was cool. That'll be on my best gaming moments 2019 list. It was a fun time.
0: Definitely. Um, But it was just great to have that series wrap up, although the ending was controversial. I, I know we said no spoilers, and I won't go into spoilers, but I just remember being like, what the hell is that ending? I was so confused, but uh, after it revisiting... Yeah, that's what I mean. That Now we have Remind on the horizon, so yeah, I'm curious to over. see where that goes.
1: Kingdom Hearts 4. I'll see you on the PlayStation 5. <laughs> they're going to answer for the PlayStation 5, and they're going to miss the the, genre, the the generation once again. Uh, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, I thought, was pretty good. Um, maybe I'm a little biased only because I had never played through Kingdom Hearts. Well, I played through, like, part of Kingdom Hearts 1 before 3 came out. Right. And then when 3 was coming out, I was like, okay, I gotta get the story. So I played all the way through 1, I played all the way through 2, I, I watched, like, some catch-up videos on the internet, um, and played through, you know, the whole thing and reviewed it. I think I reviewed it like, an 8 or an 8.5. And I'm not gonna say it's, like, a fantastic game. Right. It's, it's a it's a fucking awesome game for the people who are, like, waiting for it. And then there's, you know, that, like you said, there's that hardcore sector like, oh, I'm disappointed. And then for everybody else, I think it might just be a little too PS2-ish era. Yeah. Um, but for those who grew up with Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, I think this is exactly what they wanted to deliver. Something that's it really is. campy, but still kind of felt like those original games.
0: Yeah, it really did maintain the feel.
1: Plus, there's, there's nothing quite as convoluted yet imaginative as Kingdom Hearts. Maybe Metal <laughs> Gear Solid, like that's the other convoluted thing, but yes. Kingdom Hearts is amazing.
0: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I do look forward to the DLC. I know uh Brandon and all my other co-hosts are like fuck Kingdom Hearts
1: <laughs> I mean hey but you, we had to talk about it for like five minutes there so hell yeah, yeah. that works shouts for out, me shouts out to Square Enix um shouts hopefully their Final Fantasy 7 remaster or remake will be uh another game we can talk about from Square Enix that's coming out 2020 maybe that'll be part of our best of 2020 list uh, next year potentially Square, Square was doing a good job in 2019 I think a although,
0: decent job speaking of the Final Fantasy remake uh just sidebar I think I saw somewhere that something about it leaked or hackers dived. dive deep yeah, they went into the demo and then pulled some kind of spoilers yeah. from it. Oof.
1: So, so there was a PlayStation Network update. Some people noticed that there was a demo file for Final Fantasy VII. People, it's still not officially out yet, as far as I understand. Uh, but yeah, people got a hold of it, downloaded it, data mined the shit out of it, uh, and. I mean, it's Final Fantasy VII, guys. You yeah, what are, story. what
0: spoilers are they going to really <laughs> provide? I think there
1: was maybe like a few like new characters or some story differences. But yeah, okay. I mean, there there'll might be a Final Fantasy VII trailer either now as you listen or in the next few weeks from what I understand.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: Can I, can I give you one of my top oh, yeah. five games? What's
0: one of your top five?
1: Yeah, I'm still like in the deliberation process. It's going to take me about another three weeks before I, I flip on some of these games. But definitely one of the top ones is the Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, oh, totally. I don't know if you got the chance to play this.
0: No, um, I was really wanted to get around to it, but I haven't yet. But I remember playing the original Resident Evil 2.
1: <laughs> so this this stands as probably one of the best remakes of all time. Uh, right next to the original Resident Evil HD uh you know a lot of people forget that the Resident Evil on GameCube was a remake of Resident Evil um and Resident Evil 2 the new one it does just as good of a job that that first Resident Evil remake uh, did on the GameCube it takes the the levels and the setting and the atmosphere you remember from that original Resident Evil 2 game and it completely, it doesn't completely transform it, but it fits it so perfectly into the modern gameplay style. Um, for those who don't know, I mean, it's simply a game that you play as Leon or Claire. There's one of two characters. And you arrive in Raccoon City. Leon's a cop, so you go to police station. And it's overrun with zombies. You got to figure out the mystery. You got to search around for stuff. Uh, it's really, really good. But I think the thing that really drew me into Resident Evil 2 was its its pacing. And it's progression. Uh, the map system is one of the best maps I've ever seen in the video game. It, you bring up the map and it'll show you exactly what, uh, key you need for what door, uh, what doors have been entered and, and, and what rooms still have stuff you can loot. Uh, oh, hell in yeah. Of, in a lot of games, you know, you bring up your map, you're like, where was I going? What was I trying to get? Yeah. And Resident Evil too. you bring up your map, you go, these are like the three places I can go. That's where I should be going. And oh, I completely forgot I could go get this thing now that I have that key. And, um, even even one of my co-hosts uh, who doesn't usually like uh, horror games, they played through it in four hours, just sat down and played through the whole thing. Um, well,
0: yeah, wow, half four? of it. Uh, okay, I was going to say, that so, sounds so, really so fast. <laughs> the,
1: the way, for those who haven't played Resident Evil 2, the way it works is you pick either Cl- uh, Leon or Claire, and you have a playthrough. And then once you finish that, Uh, You you play as the other character because throughout the story, the characters go to different places and they do different things. So it's a similar playthrough, but it's different and you get the rest of the story. So while... You could arguably play through Resident Evil 2 and get the gist of it in four to five hours, depending on your difficulty. It really is more of like a 10 to 12 hour game. And then you unlock new difficulties and stuff. But just generally speaking, the the visuals were amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Some of the most realistic visuals I've ever seen. The tone was creepy. It was scary without being too jump scare bullshit. The challenge was right there. Um, And it had some really memorable characters like uh, the, what do they call him now? Mr. X. He used to be Tyrant. The guy with the top hat. Like, that stuff, all super cool, and the internet ate it up, and the thing I think I like the most about Resident Evil 2 remake is the fact that for the longest time, people were asking for it, people were begging for it, people were like, we need this Resident Evil 2 remake, Capcom releases it, and for a game that people were looking forward to for 10 plus years, like Kingdom Hearts, they absolutely nailed it. So, uh, I, you know, I couldn't ask for much more. Even if it was a little less, you know, even if it was subpar, I still would have been like, oh, good on you for listening to the fans and making this remake. But they did a fantastic job. Fantastic enough that Resident Evil 3 will be available. The Resident Evil 3 remake, you
0: know. (laughs) You just took uh, the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that's, uh, April 3rd of this year. So that's something to look forward to. And that's something thing I never got around to playing was the original Resident Evil 3 and ha- did insane. you ha- happen to?
1: I played, I think, like, a level of it. Okay. Know? Like, maybe I've seen parts of it. I've had my hands on the controller while it's playing, but I cannot sit there and tell you who's in the game, what it's about, you know.
0: That's levels. fair. And that's really was going to be my question, is, like, I know in the first Resident Evil, I you could play as either character uh, Leon or Claire, so I was just curious if they continued that trend in 3 and then stopped it in 4, or if they stopped I think it in, in 3.
1: in 3, it's just one person, but then at the same time, I know they're changing things. Like, Resident Evil 2 Remake is not the same game as Resident Evil 2. Sure. It's just one of those games that... Really, it's they do the rose-tinted glasses so well that you think you're playing the same game. Right. I feel like Resident Evil 3 Remake is going to be similar. So maybe they'll bring in, you know, the multiple characters. I think I saw Claire in one of the trailers. I don't know if it's first person or third person. I hear it's third person, uh, just like Resident... We'll find out in like three or four months. But at the end of the day, Resident Evil 2... If you haven't played it yet, the remake for Xbox One, PS4, and I believe PC, it came out in January. So with a lot of these year end sales, you might be able to find it for like 40 or 30 bucks. It is 100% worth it. It is worth three, four or five playthroughs, even if you're not a fan of the horror genre, at least if you like shooters. So fuck yeah, Resident Evil 2. What do you, what do you got? You got another one?
0: My next one, I just realized this isn't even 2019. So fuck, I'm going to scratch that one. But I was going to say Spider-Man. I'm like, what the hell? That came out in 2018?
1: Are you kidding me? To your credit, Doug even on our own on the Super Gamecast 64 Best of the Year Awards, if something is good enough and really made an impact and it didn't release in that calendar year, sometimes we still consider it. I mean, for this show, we're just bouncing things back and forth, but as even the past two to three years with these early access periods, these beta periods, the idea of when a game comes out and when it's officially released, as far as like the cultural zeitgeist of talking about it, I don't think it's really, like, calendar year specific anymore. Right. Like, fucking Fortnite is still in beta, guys. Fortnite (laughs) is still a beta game when you start it up, right? So just because... Just because Marvel's Spider-Man came out kind of in 2018 doesn't make it not one of your favorite games in 2019, right?
0: Right, absolutely. And that's probably around the time I was playing it anyway. But regardless, that game is fantastic and it does deserve uh, a shout out. Oh my gosh. And there's DLC there I've never gotten around to play yet. So that's something hopefully I'll get to this year.
1: Fun plug, depending on when you hear this, there is a speedrun marathon that I always love to cover in my work. Um, It goes from January 5th to the 12th Uh, you can watch it on twitch.tv forward slash games done quick. If you miss it while it's live, they have it on YouTube and stuff. But they will be doing a speedrun of, I believe, the second DLC for Spider-Man. And I watched, I watched the speedrun of the first DLC, uh, at the last event. And there's some crazy shit that you can do with Spider-Man. Uh, that game, that game is great. And I think I liked how they, kind of mixed the batman combat with like beat 'em up combat yep. without feeling too much like batman it, it was it was great dude fantastic game it was definitely one of my top 10 of uh of 2018 i can almost guarantee you that
0: for sure well then I, I guess i'll get back to 2019 games though this is one i didn't get around to play but i know it had a huge impact on the community untitled goose game seems yeah. to be like on a lot of people's game of the year lists for sure
1: uh. I, it just hit Xbox Game Pass, so if you are a subscriber to the Xbox Game Pass on PC, no, I s only on console Game Pass, you can play it, uh, I was gonna hold this for my show, but I'm gonna make the controversial statement of Ooh. Untitled Goose Game is, it's, it's, it's not that great of a game, guys, I mean, oh, it is. okay, it, no,
0: oh, I'm glad to hear this from somebody, because to me, I definitely want to get around to playing it, I just think it gets, like, Rave reviews because it's so unique and interesting, but I am I just find, I have a feeling if I were to get around to playing it, I might find myself bored.
1: So if you, if you, uh, if you play it and you're under the influence of any sort of drug or alcohol and you're giggly, uh, I mean, it is a game where you just honk and you, you fuck with people as, as a goose. Um, and I think it, it totally deserves all the memeing it's getting because that's the embodiment of what makes Untitled Goose game fun is the idea that you're just a goose fucking with people. But the actual gameplay, really what it is, is a puzzle game. Uh, Like, I mean, not really spoilers at all. It's the first thing you do. You walk up to a garden and you get like a list of things to do. And it's just like, okay, you need to uh, steal the gardener's hat. You know, you need to open the lock. And they don't tell you how to do any of this stuff. You just have to go around and basically all the duck can do is pick up objects and run around with them, you know? And so you just kind of low-key search around the environment, see what does what, you figure out how the area works, you try to finish the to-do list, and then you move on to the next area, and the next area. And by the third area, I was like, okay, I get the idea, I get why this is so meme-heavy, because really the only idea is just to fuck with people as a goose. And the goose is funny, you can just hit honk, there's like a button to honk, like, (laughs) ha-ha, but as a puzzle game, like, to give this game a ten out of ten would be a disservice to other puzzle games. Fair. And I don't, I don't want to say like that. Uh, Untitled Goose Game is not a bad game. If I said that earlier, I'm sorry. That was the wrong thing to say. It's just a meme game. Yeah, you know? it's not
0: like The Witness as far as level of puzzles and all. That's sorts what of sh- I wanted
1: yeah. to. say. It's like you give The Witness a ten because you can t- like it, it transforms how you think. Right. Untitled Goose Game makes you chuckle for 15 minutes if you're high or drunk <laughs> or just, you know, having a good day. And then you come back to it. And that's fine. Uh, I feel like a lot of people probably put it on their top 10 list because it was a de-stress game, you know? Oh, sure. I might, I might have it in the most chill game of 2019 category. That's something we do sometimes. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't rush to play it unless you really feel like you need a, a boost of dopamine for a few jokey laughs, but it's, you know, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of flack for saying that. Now. No, it's
0: okay. I don't, you're allowed to have your opinion, and I feel yeah. like it's it's a valid one. I, I didn't get around to playing it myself, so I can't really assess the situation, but that's the kind of opinion I've developed.
1: I think the problem was is that I played it, you know, everyone talked, I saw the internet memes, I saw nothing but Untitled Goose Game for months and months, and I just chose not to play it. And then when it became on Game Pass, I picked it up, but with those huge expectations of like, this is crazy funny and. I mean, you're just a goose that can honk and fuck with stuff. Like, it's it's funny.
0: Yeah, but it's for sure. But it's
1: nothing really more than that. If you like Untitled Goose Game, I'm not I'm not trying to dig on your tastes. I'm just saying oh, what your sure. tastes are. Yeah, um,
0: and what you mentioned, though, as far as, like, uh candidate for being one of the chillest games of 2019. There's this game that I heard of and I didn't get around to playing it. It came out uh, September of 2019. It's called Kind Words, and I think in uh, parentheses, it's lo fi chill beats to write to. And the whole game is about writing nice letters to people, and I think that's the chillest concept there possibly could be. Yeah. Oh yeah, real people. So you just send stuff out into Ether, and then they send it back. And I I don't understand how that's a game if it's not like an email inbox, but uh, it sounds pretty cool.
1: It's essentially a glorified post-it note to other people on the internet. The thing that's nice about kind words is whether it's a filtration system or good moderation, somehow... It's escaped the toxicity of any messaging app. You know, like right. there's always people going to be like, you're terrible, kill yourself, because the whole point is to be nice. Uh, but apparently, Kind Words has done a good job of making sure that all the words that are written are kind. And that's nice because Definitely. you don't, you don't want to open up a letter and just be like berated with, with insults and stuff when you're trying to play the fun game. But yeah, I, I saw that um, – Gameplay wise, yeah, I guess it's a game. Uh, I but suppose I like, I, I like the idea. I think the internet, specifically, we need less animosity behind our anonymity and more positivity. Absolutely. I wow. uh, just opened on open one up
0: and somewhere. it says, "Your podcast sucks." Oh, yeah, damn. right. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> You're like, Don't tell me what I already know, bro. Damn so it. <laughs> it um, can
1: can I bring up one? That oh, was kind please of do. Okay, uh, I believe I talked about this before on on almost better than silence. Uh, Dreams. Oh, yeah, yes. For PS4. Um, to talk about this, I could talk about this for 20, 30 minutes on end, and I'm not going to do that because sometimes I do that and I feel like people hate me for it. Uh, <laughs> this is another game that's an early access game. It was supposed to come out ages ago. It'll probably make its full release on PlayStation 5. Who the fuck knows? But Dreams is made by Media Molecule, the same people who made Little Big Planet uh, 1, 2, and 3 on the PlayStation 3. Um, the idea of Dreams is that you have this... Easy-ish to use, but you need to watch a lot of tutorials. It's a, essentially a game creation studio or an art creation studio. You can make whatever your heart desires. You know, you want to make a cool little figure or a little character. You can do that. You want to make a nice environment. You can do that. Uh, you want to make a shooting game. You can do that. You want to make a puzzle game. You can do that. And the fun thing about it is that it's all shared on, uh, you know, the game's service and you can just go in there and go, okay, I want to play somebody else's game. You can sort by most popular. You can just do something called dream surfing, where you play five random creations in a row. And for whatever reason, maybe it's the aesthetic of the game because the aesthetic of the visuals are uh, kind of dreamy. I mean, you can make it look like whatever you want. I saw some guy make a game that, it was a first-person shooter game that was almost more realistic looking than Resident Evil 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, but you can do a lot of crazy stuff in dreams. And the amount of... Awesome, imaginative, both original content and like, not parody content, but homage content, like, oh, I made Super Mario Brothers 1, or I remade a Crash Bandicoot. It's really cool. Um, the last thing I'll say about it, just to go back to that Crash Bandicoot idea and to give you an idea of how Dreams works, is like, one person made a, the Crash Bandicoot figure, right? Like, oh, look, I made a little Crash Bandicoot, he can run, he can spin. One person decided they were going to make the level for the first Crash Bandicoot level. They're like, oh, I'll make the little level. Uh, some random person made the PlayStation 1 startup screen with the, uh, you know, the sound and whatever. Yeah. And then somebody else decided to make the UI to do like new level, new game. And if you allow it, you can have your creations be remixed. So somebody took all that and put it together, you know, the PlayStation startup, the the, the screen, the character, the level, and just now you have the first level of Crash yeah, Bandicoot wow. you made in Dreams. <laughs> and it's literally whatever you could think of. Um, I don't know if you can access this game anymore because I think it was like a 30,000 person beta get in. But uh, it's amazing. And it's one of those games if you don't like sharing things or if you don't like making things, there's ample amounts of, of stuff to play. If you don't like playing other people's stuff, there is hundreds of hours you can, you can uh, you know, waste or spend creating stuff. So just awesome Awesome game with a lot of imagination. One of those games you can buy and play for hundreds of hours and, and never see the same thing twice. So, Oh, wow.
0: That's yeah. so cool.
1: PS4 only, currently.
0: And you mentioned you're not sure people can still get into it?
1: Yeah, because it was so, for the longest time, they're like, hey, Dreams is coming out two months. Dreams is coming out soon. And then they had this announcement that everyone thought was going to be the uh, release date announcement. Turns out they're like, hey, we have this quote unquote private beta that you can buy for $30 and then you get the huh. full game. For 30 bucks normally, you know, you already pay for the game, but they said there was a cap on like, I think 30,000 people. I'm not sure if they were lying. And like, it's just whoever can download the beta can download the beta. um, Or if there was really a cap, you know, I haven't gone on the PlayStation store and seen if you can download Dreams early access for $30 still. Uh, but that's how I got it. Don't worry. The game will get a full release within the next year, I think, with full VR support, from
0: what Ooh, I understand. Awesome. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little better. And hopefully me and the other listeners didn't miss out on this awesome no, no, experience. we will
1: definitely get this game. Uh, when it full it releases if you can't get the beta now but even to that point um, if you want to see some of the cool stuff that people are making you just YouTube there's already you know weekly monthly best of community creations there's a lot of cool stuff I'm gonna stop talking about it no it's cool yeah what's <laughs> uh, game you have
0: another game I have is one that I actually am playing currently is Code Vein and I Ooh. it's on my top uh, of 2019 because it is anime Dark Souls it <laughs> is, it's just so fun I'm having a blast I think I'm like level 47 or something oh I don't know how to gauge how far I am in the game, but I've beaten a handful of bosses, uh, making some good progress. It's just great. The character uh, customization and creator is so cool. Like, there's all sorts of different variations you can do.
1: Can you be a waifu? Can you be, like, an anime waifu? Well,
0: that's the thing. I'm pretty sure when you start the game, it gives you the option to be male or female. I Ah. made a male character, and since, I haven't been able to, like make a character that's female unless I start a new game I think so yeah. I think that's a, kind of a flaw but uh, other than that like I think they should give you the ability to swap genders if you really want to yeah, um, but I Fall, do
1: Fallout lets you do that doesn't Outer Worlds let you do that too yeah that's what I mean
0: it's, it's kind of uh, a glaring omission from them but I eventually will start a new game just to try a female character out and see how if it plays differently or if there's other cool cu- customization options but all in all it's just like I said if you like anime and you like Dark Souls this is the game for you it's it feels like a fresh new idea. P and this the story isn't like anything crazy, but it's uh, definitely fun.
1: My uh, my buddy, one of my buddies, Zach. Um, he he's well known for only like really watching anime or you know playing anime games. That's a lie. Like he'll play a lot of JRPGs <laughs> and stuff, but he like he really like it has to be kind of anime and so I remember him texting me and he's like hey did you get Code Vein and I was like I thought that was like a Dark Souls game and he's like it's awesome and then you just said it's anime Dark Souls I was like ah 100% like, well they yeah they,
0: they really took the mechanics it feels like just a Dark Souls game skinned uh, differently so they have like the backstab uh it's instead of souls it's haze instead of uh bonfires it's missiles so they very much have the exact same mechanics just uh, and I feel like some people might even be like oh well they're stealing from from Dark Souls. Not necessarily. I feel like there's plenty <laughs> of games that are similar to other games, but we still enjoy them.
1: Quote-unquote stealing from Dark Souls. I mean, it's just, there's been, what, six souls like games this point if you want to count this next game i'm gonna talk about like oh, sure having challenging combat that uses the bumpers and a parry system is not stealing from dark souls <laughs> it's just taking a new style of combat that was once popular it just hasn't been used you know right like omni onimusha and stuff like that games like that on uh on ps2 and ps3 oh sure kind of combat but people don't anyways that's uh, a good point yeah, uh speaking of Souls-likes, this game has been winning a lot of game of the year uh, awards and is in my this is one of my top 3 contenders. A Little spoiler if you Ooh. will for for maybe what Super you'll Gamecast. Fear. Yeah, right. Not no spoilers for the game, but um Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Okay, uh,
0: yeah, this one had to be brought up.
1: Uh Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is the only Souls game I've ever beaten. Um I have played every Dark Souls, I've played Bloodborne, I have played even The Surge uh, which is a another Souls like ripoff, but not from not made by from software. The people right. make Dark Souls. Uh, Sekiro is yeah, like it's a Souls like game. You got really hard bosses, you got really hard combat, but the difference is that it's fast. Whereas other Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it's more like uh, really uh, not slow combat, but it's it's. I'm looking for the word
0: a slog. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but some people prefer it. Sekiro is all about very fast combat, and, like, you get into fights and you're parrying a lot. It makes you feel like you're really doing some real-ass sword combat, whereas, like, a lot of other Souls games, it's, like, hit somebody, kind of walk away, hit somebody, walk away. Oh, for sure. This is, like, you're face-checking people, you're parrying, you're doing all this crazy stuff, and for whatever reason, it really clicked with me. It's not like I beat all the bosses super easy. I mean, there are still plenty of bosses where, oh, I spent an hour two hours wanting to chuck my goddamn controller. But at the end of the day, even that last boss fight, there are few gaming experiences in the past five years uh, that have given me such a feeling of accomplishment through difficulty and challenge. Oh, yeah. Beyond it being one of the hardest bosses I've ever played and one of the hardest games I've ever played, no matter what you souls people say, oh, Sekiro's easy, fuck off. It was, you know, it's hard <laughs> to me. Uh, it's just, it's, it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, if you're one of those people who are like, it might be too hard for me, I'm not sure if I want to jump in, I, I just say rent it because I found the fighting and the whole entire style of it and the world design and the enemies and just everything they were trying to do with the atmosphere totally invigorating, totally engrossing. And yeah, I, I, I did not start that game thinking I was going to finish it. In fact, I thought I would play one or two or three bosses and then be done with it like I am with every other Souls game. Couldn't have been more of the opposite. Fucking Sekiro, fantastic. Play it if you haven't. But you've been hearing people praising it. Jeff Keighley gave it the Game of the Year Award at uh, the Video Game Awards. I think IGN gave it. No, no. IGN gave their game of the award game of the year award to somebody else, which I will talk about after you talk about your next game.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, I do want to get around to Sekiro though, because I am a fan of the Souls games, sure. and I wanted to mention though that Cold Code Vein thus far doesn't feel as hard as a as a, a Dark Souls game. I feel like it's like Dark Souls Light, so to speak.
1: Well, and that's similar. That's similar to the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is like, uh, has Dark Souls esque combat, but you can turn that shit to easy and just parry anything.
0: You there know? you go. <laughs> so, and that's another game that definitely deserves to be shouted out. That one seems to be. Uh,
1: um, Doug, I would uh-oh. say it deserves to be shouted out because it's like a halfway decent single player Star Wars game. Ooh,
0: okay, now but, I need to get your opinion on this. Okay.
1: Oh, ooh. I gave it a 7 out of 10 when I reviewed it. I found at least three locations that were just not coded properly and you can just fall through the floor three or four times. Whoa! Uh, I probably fought at least 15 to 20 T-posing enemies. I fought an enemy that was invisible uh, until I killed it and then the rest of his uh, group appeared. Uh, So many just bugs and glitches and At first, I thought maybe it was just me because I was playing on, like, an original Xbox One. You know, it it doesn't have the best drive, whatever. Uh, But no, I guess people on PC who have these really nice PCs are having a lot of these crazy glitches. And also, I felt the story was a little bit flat.
0: Really? Okay. That's what I was going to mainly ask you about because I was reading reviews and people are saying, this is one of the better Star Wars stories, better than the new trilogy, like, as far as stories go. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, those people, obviously, there's all sorts of people that are uh, polarized by the new trilogy. I thoroughly enjoyed them.
1: I could say okay. So without getting into Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, I will say that Star Wars: Jedi Fallen Order the game has a better story than The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, there you go. Um, because it's just like, it's actually a comprehensible story that doesn't have a <laughs> bunch of plot holes. I'm not trying to get into it. I'm not trying to get no, into it. No, right it's fair. Now. That's, I'm sorry. It's okay. But, to that point, though, I mean, it is kind of similar to The Rise of Skywalker. It's kind of like, oh, we need this thing to go here. We need to go to this planet to go here to go to here. It's It's a video game story, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. the, the problems that arise beyond the the glitches and the bugs and the somewhat meh voice acting is just some levels feel far too long. Um, and towards the game, they get super padded out. Like you're used to fighting four or three guys at a time. And then in the last level of the game, oh, now here's 25 dudes and another wave of 25 guys. And it's just like, eh. Not a bad game. If you're a fan right. of Star Wars, rent it, try it out. It's different. It's fun. It's just not a ten out of ten. No. That's fair. At it's least for also
0: me. it's funny how like you're, If I'm not mistaken, this is the same game uh, where your side companion is a droid that looks like Wally. That's just yes. so strange to me. Yes. Um, and also the main character is just like a white guy with uh red red hair. It's just like couldn't it have been a, played, an alien uh, race or something. Yeah, isn't it the guy that played Anakin?
1: Uh, no, he's the he's the kid who played Joker on uh, Gotham.
0: Oh, okay, I just every time I see this main character fall in order, I just think of Anakin. I'm like, he I know it's not.
1: He doesn't do a bad job, but he's quickly outshined by many other people who are not TV actors, but voice actors for video games. like oh that's sure. A, that's a running problem with a lot of the except for LA Noir, which was the one game that got real actors to do good in video games. It's like you're taking a TV actor who is used to acting for a camera. And not for a microphone, eh, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Play it, I guess, if you want.
0: I guess. What's
1: (laughs) one of your favorite games of 2019?
0: This one's probably the last one for me, but it's one I'm currently playing, so I can't say, like, I know definitively it's going to end great, but I am thoroughly enjoying Pokemon Sword, and I'm sure Shield is just as good, too.
1: Yes, Pokemon Sword, I finished that game off, uh, uh, the co-host of Super Gamecast 64, one of the only Pokemon games to compel them to reach end game content. Ooh, nice. Thoroughly enjoy this game. I think it's very, 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 very easy, but one of the only Pokemon games where I felt like, ooh, I want to evolve this guy because he looks cute, or ooh, I want to see what his evolution is. So if you have a Switch, Pokemon Sword, sorry for stealing your Kool Aid there. No, not at all. That's yeah.
0: everything I was going to say you covered.
1: Who'd you start with?
0: Uh, I am uh, Sable Squad hashtag Sable Squad and yeah,
1: Sad Boy Sad boys. yeah
0: that's what I mean okay I literally named the first iteration Sad Boy the second man. iteration Sad Teen and then the last man. iteration Sad Man and currently Sad Man's my strongest Pokemon Bro, I really the
1: Sad Man with his Snipe Shot is dirty, oh yeah
0: absolutely dirty
1: I'm really glad you went Sable that's obviously the best choice and anyone who picked Grookey you're you're all right like you're all right if you picked Scorbunny, Bunny. Like, I feel bad for you because a lot of those evolutions are really just the same thing.
0: it pretty much is I like the mid evolution of that guy because it looks like a character from the anime movie Summer Wars so I'm like one day I hope to get a a score bunny or whatever the second one is
1: yeah arc fighter whatever fucking (laughs) Pokemon (laughs) is fun and you know what what I'll say to that too is that this is probably a lot of kids first Pokemon games you know a lot of kids first Nintendos with the Switch it's very popular so I'm not mad at it being super easy Uh, I think it's it's the it's a nice introduction to the Pokemon franchise while still having Having a lot of those deeper mechanics that kids will learn as they grow up with uh, with the game. So yeah, For sure. good on Nintendo. That was your last one?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, the rest are all ones I just like might mention in passing because there's so much that happened in 2019. I feel like yeah. we're not even scratching the let surface. Me,
1: let me do two more briefly. And then if you want to just name off a few... Then yeah, I there's like a that would handful
0: work. that just deserve to be shouted out at the very yeah. least.
1: And then if you want to hear about these games in more detail, you can just go listen to my best of 2019 there podcast. There you go. There's <laughs> going to be
0: multiple episodes, apparently. There's
1: going to be hours of me talking and my co-host talking, my other co-host talking. Sometimes we yell at each other. Sometimes it gets <laughs> heated. Uh, I, I At one point, I do a best music of 2019, which has Ooh. just become, hey, Matt, go on YouTube, find all the great music, and then just make a 20-minute mix that only takes you know five hours <laughs> but, bro for real if you guys go listen to my best 2018 find the episode with the best music and there's like a 15 minute banger mix of all the best music anyways hell yeah uh, the last two games i want to talk about were outer wilds and control uh, okay I'll- yep Outer Wilds is not Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds is the game that was uh, made by the Fallout people. It's an RPG that takes place in space. That's not this game.
0: Fuck, Outer- I was already confusing them.
1: <laughs> Outer Wilds is an indie game made by a first-time developer. I don't have their name, so I feel bad. I think it's like Mobius Games. It is Mobius Digital. Mobius Digital. So Outer Wilds is a game that I don't want to spoil because it's a game about discovery. Um, it's like if you took The Witness and you took, um, uh, I totally talked about this on Almost Better Than Silence already. Yeah,
0: actually, you're right. I remember you bringing this to my attention in the past.
1: Okay, so, so yeah, if you haven't played at this point, he, this is going to draw you in. It's a light spoiler, but it's not anything that you're going to be, like, crazy pissed that I told you about. Uh, the game plays, plays on a 22-minute uh, run, right? You're this little alien dude. You live on this little alien planet, and the whole point of the game is to go explore your solar system. There's six you know, or seven planets, so to speak. They're not randomly generated or anything. These are all crafted planets with things to find, and... Um, after 22 minutes is up, the sun supernovas and explodes the entire galaxy. You wake back up with the same memories you have, yes. and the game now becomes how the hell do we get out of this galaxy? And in order to do so, you have to find these ancient tomes written by this alien race who might have discovered time travel and it's it's this game like I like to say with a witness, you start off you're just you're just looking around this area and then it starts to form a picture and you really feel like you're you're making these solutions on your own. You're coming to these conclusions without any other help because the game doesn't have any hints. It doesn't, I mean, it tries to point you in the right direction with some dialogue from some characters, but there's no, like, waypoint marker for objectives. There's no quest. It's just go and explore these outer wild planets and you never know what you're going to find. So it's this very, very good mixture of, of like, thriller, almost horror tones. It doesn't ever get, like, super scary, but... It's space travel, which can be scary. And then just awesome amounts of of discovery. The discovery in that game is fantastic. You really feel like you are having a personal journey. And then because of that 22-minute timer, uh, it's an easy game you can pick up. You can do a run of, uh, check out a new planet maybe, and then, oh, okay, I'm done. I'll come back next time. Uh, that
0: is so cool. It, it seems fantastic.
1: like,
0: I don't even know, apocalyptic Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's, 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 it's such it's a what, cool I think concept. That's what
1: I, said. I think I said I, it's if you mix No Man's Sky with The Witness <laughs> yes. and then Groundhog's Day those three things. Uh it's it's cheap too. It's like 20 bucks if you have Xbox Game Pass on PC and on console it's on there. Um it is if there is a sleeper indie hit of 2019, it is this game and it is not worth missing. Or it is it is you got to play it. Just fucking yeah. play Outer Wilds. It's really good.
0: Well, it's crazy that the title is so similar to another popular game of 2019, they, yeah, The I Outer like- Worlds, which is very much uh, in the mainstream of people t- especially oh, yeah. the Fallout community. They're play eating that, that one too. up.
1: Play that too. That game is awesome. But if you're going to play Outer Worlds and you haven't yet, and you're a fan of Fallout, do understand that the Outer Worlds is a 30 to 40 hour RPG. Uh, It is not a 200, 300, 400 hour world where you're going to have 80 side quests. This is a game that has a very straightforward story. There's choices within it. But um, Outer Worlds, a 30 to 40 hour space RPG. Outer Wilds is a 12 to 50 uh, it depends on how how slow you, you explore
0: <laughs> That's fair yeah. yeah explore at your own pace But
1: definitely that's definitely one of those ones uh we have a category um on my Super Gamecast 64 Best of 2019 awards called the most unique game and this could be a contender for that Um nice. what's what's right there next to it for most unique game and possibly my game of the year This was the IGN game of the year winner Control
0: I want to play this game so bad. You should. You
1: should. (laughs) And like Outer Worlds, I'm going to really avoid talking about it too much because it is one of those games that you play and the experience of it is learning the mystery, learning the narrative, learning what these things is. The the whole idea of the game is you play as a girl named Jessie Faden. She goes to this uh, center or the Bureau of Control, which is a kind of shadowy gov, in my review, I said it's a government agency that lives within the lines of redacted documents. It's like the most utter secret there is. And the whole idea of this government agency is they find and contain what they call these items of power. Um, these, these things like, uh, like Excalibur, like these these fabled items that are said to have mystical powers. Uh, if you've ever watched the movie Cabin in the Woods, uh, it's a horror movie that pokes fun at the horror genre. There's a yeah. scene in that where there's like a bunch of these weird artifacts and they're all like horror artifacts that are held in this kind of government facility. Th- that is this game. Except it's not horror, it's all supernatural thriller stuff. And it deals with ideas like uh, synchronicity. Like, what happens if everybody turns on their lights at the same time and then turns them off? Like, is there weird things? Uh, 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 like, telepath? Oh my god, I don't want to get into it. Because it's so <laughs> much cool stuff. If you're a fan of psychological thrillers, uh, generally quote-unquote mind-fucky stuff, um, and thrillers, and third-person shooters... Uh, or the game Psy Ops. You'll really enjoy control. Um, it's tough. It's, it's got no difficulty settings except for the one it can be pretty, not brutal to start, but if you don't, it doesn't have like any regenerating health or anything, so you have to go okay. around grab health packs and stuff like that. Um, but if you can play the game and you can get over that first hump of difficulty, I'm pretty sure you'll find it to be one of the most rewarding stories and one of the most re- rewarding atmospheres and tones derived from a game of, of this year for sure. And it was like published by 505 Games, which is like a really small publisher. Shouts yeah. out to 505. Like, just total total indie, not indie, but a total underrated gem absolutely
0: it's funny you say that it also reminds me of like death stranding seems like one that takes a Mm -hmm. bit to get into but also is rewarding i don't really know i've heard so many mixed opinions about that game but that's got to be brought up on this episode
1: i wrote wrote a 2,000 word (laughs) 2,500 maybe 3,000 word review about death stranding i gave it a 7 out of 10 this is what i'll say people who are complaining about the walking and saying it's too hard to walk around and drive around deliver the packages You're just bad. I'm sorry. It's not hard. (laughs) Get good. Like, really, it's not... I've seen videos of people stacking, like, 18 boxes on top of them and trying to walk across these mountains. At no time should you have more than five boxes stacked on your guy. Like, uh, Death Stranding is a lot. It's a lot of gameplay mechanics, a lot of story things, a lot of really weird cutscenes. It's its own experience. And what I said at the end of my review is what I'll stick with. I gave it a 7 out of 10 because that's what I felt at the end. I felt that some parts of that game were absolutely gorgeous perfect magnificent in ways that only hideo kojima could make uh or or do and then other times it felt like the sloggiest dumbest stupidest waste of my time ever yeah but once it was all said and done i said okay you know i i, I found some artistic merit in it i had some fun gameplay wise um but to that, if you're not willing to sit down, you have to have at least 50 hours available, right? This is a 50 hour investment right off the rip. Yeah. I think you're going to beat it in 20 or 30 hours. It's fucking 44 hours, I believe. Um, if you're willing to deal with that, you know, it's an extremely experimental game and it's a game that contains literally, uh, like 90 minutes of cutscenes at one point. Wow. But if you're okay with those ideas, try it out. It's got beautiful music, beautiful atmosphere, some really awesome character work, some decent script writing, uh but if you're one of those people who wanted to play like Metal Gear Solid 2 and you think that's what it is, like that's not this game at all. Um, Good to know. <laughs> it might be one of the most unique games of 2019, I'll put it that way, but right. uh not for everybody, not even for most people. Uh but for those who love it, love it, and I can't I can't deny them that.
0: Exactly, and that's why I think I'll be more or less likely to uh watch a a playthrough than actually play it myself
1: yes it's uh well that's the thing too like it, it, a lot of it's exposition dumping like they give you this whole entire story and then the end uh two hour cutscene that I was I was alluding to there is literally just a character kind of expose dumping like hey did you get this this is what that meant this is what that meant and it's also like after the credits it's got like two credit scenes and then you think you're done it's one of those kind of games. Like, oh, I beat it, and then after the credits, like, hey, guess what? There's 45 minutes more of cutscenes, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Wow, yeah, yeah. It is a it's a game. Death Stranding, definitely a game.
0: <laughs> Came out in 2019. It counts. Uh, do you have a final one you want to wrap up with, or is uh, there a I couple of this- that you want to shout out?
1: These these are all nominees of my yeah of of our game of the year award. One of these games that I've been listing off will will get game of the year. As I look over my list of nominees, there's a few others that I want to mention that I thought were really really nice. Mortal Kombat 11. I know fighting games don't get a whole lot of love, but I thought it did a great thing with a story.
0: Yeah, they don't get enough love on our show for sure.
1: (laughs) Mortal Kombat 11 did this funny thing of like, hey, uh, the timeline's been so messed up that we're going to send all the original characters into your timeline to kill everybody. So it was like old school Scorpion fighting new school Scorpion. It was just fun. And then it had a lot of good content. Uh, Days Gone on PlayStation 4 was a game that got a lot of flack uh, due to its um, uh, technical problems, but oh, I yeah. thought it was was pretty rewarding story-wise. Uh, another one of those games you think you're done, and then they're like, hey, there's another 12 hours to this game. Uh, can't, I can't talk about 2019 without talking about Super Mario Maker 2, one of oh, the best sure. level creator games. They have that Zelda stuff now. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, that's right. You can play as Link, and he can, in, in addition to just being Link, you know, in the Mario levels, he can now swing his sword, you can drop bombs, and you can shoot arrows, which has made people make, like, these Zelda-like dungeons yeah. in the Mario Maker. It's super awesome.
0: That really is.
1: Um, Cadence of Hyrule is the uh, rhythm Zelda game. Oh, yeah, uh, Bren
0: was playing that and beat that, if I'm not mistaken. That fantastic. was one we talked about a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, as I look at this, Gears of War 5 was fun. Kinda oh, my God, Gears of War 5 came out this year? That's crazy. I'm not,
0: like, in tune with the Xbox-verse at all.
1: Oh, it's, it's fine. Uh, I know Gears of War 5 or Gears of War franchise in general was one of those ones that was more popular back in the day. Um, if anything, they really lost a lot of their fan base with Gears of War 4 because it beat around the bush in its storytelling. The multiplayer choices they made were kind of shitty. Gears of War 5, at least within the first 30 minutes of that game, uh, the game's at least 12 hours long or the campaign is, uh, there's more stuff that happens story-wise than happens in the entirety of Gears of War 4. So at least they were pushing things forward in their narrative. Uh, Visually fantastic game has excellent lighting, excellent weather effects. So Gears of War 5, if you're into third person shooters, definitely give it a try. Um, Did you play Link's Awakening on
0: Switch? No, and that's when I want to get around to. I remember, actually, I was torn on the fence about it. I was like, do I really feel like I want to play this game? But all I hear is uh, great reviews, so I think I will eventually.
1: Yeah, get it, and then uh, don't... The first time when you're like, where do I go, what do I do, and you're going to feel bad about looking up on Google, don't don't feel bad about looking it up on Google, because Link's Awakening is one of the most obtuse fucking Zelda games of all time. (laughs) How would I know to take that there at all? So... Enjoy it. Link's Awakening is a good time. Um Yeah, as I look more towards the bottom of this list, it's just kind of like Borderlands 3 was fun. Ukulele and the Impossible Lair is a really good game on Switch, Xbox, and PS4 if you liked Donkey Kong Country. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare did some awesome things with its single player. Uh, oh, and here's one, Children of Morta. I think Children of Morta is a game that a lot of people are going to overlook. Um, it's a game that a lot of people aren't going to know about. It yeah, a, I'm
0: not familiar with it.
1: It's a $20 game. Um, it is on Switch, it is on Xbox. Uh I play it on Xbox, my co-hosts and my podcast play it on Switch. They we all like it. It is a game that is a rogue-like, so think binding of Isaac, Rogue Legacy, that kind of game. Um, but it's all very, very gorgeous and highly technical pixel art. So it's all really, really cool visuals, and then it's essentially you just play as this family of not soldiers, really, but, like, the the girl can use an uh, a bow and arrow, the dad has a sword, the son has assassin's blades, and you're just searching through these, um, cavernous, uh, well, the first level is the caverns. It's just one of those games where it's... <laughs> It's like a Binding of Isaac. It's a roguelike. You're doing the same thing. You're fighting the monsters. You try to kill the enemies. Uh, if you fail and you die, you get some gold so you can go upgrade your your stats for next time. But it's just the combination of uh, full voice acting, a, a really good story, and a really good um, tone to the game, and excellent pixel art that just keeps bringing me back time and time again. Also, it's a great game at um, making you feel like you've earned something or done something, made some progress after each run. Even if you you know die in the First area, and you're like, oh, I sucked so bad. Uh, you come back, and uh, there's a cutscene, or you unlocked a different thing, or now the upgrade shop is open. And I've played maybe 20 to 30 runs of this game. I still feel like I'm progressing. I still feel like I'm earning stuff. So Children of Morta, if you're looking for a cheaper game that has a lot of value to it and is available on a lot of systems, it's a it's a good time.
0: Yeah, man, that game looks really fun. I love the, like, hyper-detailed uh, pixelated artwork. It, that's, I don't know. That's it's what really
1: entirely cool. got me into the game. You know, yeah. I was recommended by somebody, like, oh, I'm looking forward to this. I was like, ah, roguelikes. I've seen enough of them. But I saw the pixel art. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, I'm a sucker for." Yes, yeah, <laughs> I picked it up, and I was like, "Ah!" And then, as soon as I was like two or three rounds in, I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, this is good." So, <laughs> yeah, it definitely <laughs> looks like you.
0: a very fun game. I'm gonna have to look into that one. But I'd be remiss to forget to mention that I think everyone would agree that this is the best game of 2019, uh, Shenmue 3. Now I'm yeah, just
1: kidding. <laughs> dude, I, I, no, you know, no joke. Uh, Xbox Game Pass has the Shenmue 1 and 2. Oh, and really? I, I downloaded them because I was like, I'm going to play Shenmue 1 and 2. I've never, I've, I've played them but I've never played through them. Yeah. To play Shenmue 3, I have... Luckily or unluckily been completely like on a media blackout about Shenmue 3. I maybe I just <laughs> missed the day that everyone was talking shit about it on the internet or yeah. praising it. I don't know. Uh, is it terrible? That, is it-
0: everyone's saying it's, uh, it feels like a Dreamcast game. The long wait was uh, for nothing. It seems like a giant flop. But that, I, then again, this is coming from people that weren't real Shenmue fans. I think the real diehard Shenmue fans probably are playing it and saying, "This is what I wanted." I That's could be kind wrong. Of-
1: that's what I'm saying is, like, the idea that, oh, Shenmue's bad because it's, like, it plays a lot like Shenmue 2. It plays almost like a Dreamcast game. I don't know. Maybe they should have updated it. It sounds like a lot of the argument that people are saying about Kingdom of Hearts. Like, it's oh, feels yeah. like a... So, you know what? I feel like one man's trash, another man's treasure. I know I said Absolutely. that earlier, but... Yep. Um, I am interested to play Shenmue 3 and see if it is the dumpster fire that everyone has been talking about. Uh, As I scroll down my big-ass list of nominees and categories that I'm preparing here for Super Gamecast 64's Best of 2019 Awards, I noticed a few other titles, uh, DLCs, so to speak, that I wanted to bring up very briefly. Um, If you didn't play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, that was one of my favorite games of last year. If you did play it and you didn't get a chance to play the Fate of Atlantis DLCs or any of the DLCs, uh, I firmly believe that Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the Fate of Atlantis, is the best DLC of 2019, possibly the best Assassin's Creed DLC to exist. Oh, nice. um, There's also excellent DLC that came out, Messenger uh, Picnic Panic, if you liked that. Ninja Gaiden-esque game on Switch that had some free stuff. The Monster Hunter World Iceborne DLC was sick. Destiny 2 had a great DLC with Shadow Keep. Uh, there's just a lot of really, really cool stuff that came out this year. Um, River City Girls, if you're into beat 'em ups with anime chicks, that was an awesome game. Uh, fucking, yeah, I just have so many different games that are nominated for other things that aren't nominated for Game of the Year. And as I look at this list, I am now starting to realize Tetris 99 came out this year. Yeah, I was going to say that
0: one's at the top of a lot of people's lists, surprisingly. There is so many
1: fantastic games. After Party, the game from Night School Studios in which you go to hell by accident and have to out drink Satan and all of his friends to escape from hell.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
1: Yeah, after party. That game is sick. There's just so much good stuff this year, and I, I was I was glad that we were able to sit down for an hour and, and discuss our favorites. Me too.
0: So. That's what I mean. Thanks for joining us again on this podcast, Matt. It's always good to have you. And it's yeah, like yeah, I, I said, I feel like it. we gotta make this a tradition. Maybe next time this this time next year we'll be doing this again.
1: I I hope so. Health, fail us not. And if the (laughs) earth doesn't implode from super volcanoes under Yosemite, we'll be cool.
0: As long as 2020 isn't also a dumpster fire, we should be uh, in good shape.
1: And you know what? Even if if 2020 is a dumpster fire, you always got your friends. You listeners alone at home, sitting alone. (laughs) (laughs) You listeners at home, sitting, listening, in your car, at home, wherever you're at. If you ever have a problem, if you're feeling down... If you feel like your your life's just not going your way, reach out to us. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Super or at SGC64 Matt. You can also DM what's the show Twitter for this?
0: It's ABT Silence at Twitter, Instagram, any of the places.
1: 2020 kill the past you always have a friend even if you don't if you need someone to reach out to uh talk to either of us we're happy to help you through your problems uh but to that point too, go 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 to the doctor you know go to the therapist go make sure you do those things to make sure you're having a healthier year um but if you ever find yourself in a spot of need me personally i'm more than willing to talk to people in my dms and stuff i want to make sure everyone has a good 2020 fuck 2019 yeah in some, in some ways you know oh
0: that was a really good uh message and i appreciate that and i'm sure some of that our means listeners do too, too. Doug. That oh, means
1: too, baby. That,
0: that's what i mean also our listeners more than welcome get uh, get in touch with us we're here uh for you guys but that's gonna do it for this episode uh like i said it's always good having matt from the super Game Cast 64 Thanks, on the show um let's i don't know as let's maybe end this on a resolution what's something you're gonna try to get done in 2020
1: You know what? Specifically with the podcast, we have this thing. We try to be bi-weekly, but we never, we never end up doing each, uh, like a full year of bi-weekly episodes. We always like miss something here or there. And that's always something that I've aspired to, to get to like your level because I don't think you've ever missed one episode. And even if you have missed a week, like fuck it compared to me, you're doing (laughs) way better. And consistency in the podcast world is, is definitely number one. So between being more consistent with my podcast and, uh, and being more, um, content creation heavy with my website uh th- those are the two things i'm gonna look forward to in addition to just overall trying to better myself
0: hell yeah no those are all great and it's funny you're absolutely right we haven't missed an episode i don't know how that's even possible I th- because I you're to a Bryn- good
1: fucking podcast <laughs> well, i was host, saying to Doug, Bryn- and-
0: in previous years, we would do bonus episodes every Friday in December, and this is the first December where we missed one of our bonus episodes. So I'm like, technically, oh, yeah. that could have been the combo breaker, but Bren's like, they're bonus. They're, th- it's not like it's guaranteed. So oh, like, I, right, missed, I right.
1: missed a bonus episode. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I started a whole I'm the worst. fucking record label. <laughs> come on. And you got married, dude? that's true. Yeah, like, 2019 was a busy year. On. You hold yourself to such a high standard. That's true. All right,
0: well, then my... The resolution is going to be twitch stream more often and hopefully uh have some more guests on the show because in previous years we used to have uh, lots of guests interviews and uh i don't know in recent years we just kind of fell off the map there so gonna try to get that going again and see how it goes but 2020 is looking up uh off to a good start uh, having oh, yeah. a discussion with matt owen thanks for joining us we will be back Thank next you. week see you guys
1: bye